This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Conflict, it's caught in your system. And really, conflict is an amazing tool to open up something you've never opened up. It'll blow walls down and you will have things open that you couldn't imagine if you would walk through the fire of conflict. But people are so afraid, they run towards safety. Hey, welcome to U-Turns, the podcast where we talk about change and transformation and all that good stuff. I'm Lisa Oz. And I am Jill Herzig. And I'm going to ask you a question, which will make sense to everybody a little bit later in our conversation. But how would you describe your relationship with conflict? Would you say you are a conflict avoider? Like, are you good with conflict? What would you say? I... Uh, I'm a conflict schizophrenic because mm. I have a different relationship with conflict depending on the person I'm with. So I'm perfectly happy to have conflict with my husband. I'll yell at him <laughs> without <laughs> any kind of trepidation. Um, with people at work, I'm much less likely. I want to be a, more of a pleaser. Um, with my family, ugh, I'll all bets are off. Yeah. So I, I, it's, there's, I'm definitely not one conflict shoe fits all. Okay. What about, what about you? Well, I am not afraid of conflict. In fact, if it's there, I will go right for it, but it's because I'm uncomfortable with it and I want to, to, I want it gone. I want to deal with it. I just need help with, I'm, I, I'm not excellent at, at, uh, untangling the knot in the necklace, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, we've got some help, thankfully, for yes. both of us today. Yes. We have someone who can who can get that knot out. We are joined today by Elizabeth Clemon, 
Actually, <laughs> Elizabeth Clemens. I was just joking. Um, <laughs> she is a renowned mediator. So any conflict we have, Jill, between us, the air between us that needs yeah. to be cleared, she's going to help us with that. And she's a person who trains us to get through conflict productively. She has an organization called Planning Change, Wow, which seems to really fit with what we're doing. Yes, what um, we're attempting to do. <laughs> And she supports organizations and individuals work through important change. Um, she's also does incredible work with restorative justice. But the biggest like point of her resume that like the the flashing the light, the zinger that like where did this come from? Is she's a shaman, Elizabeth. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. So happy to have you you here today. Um, what you're a shaman. What is that exactly? (laughs) Yeah, everyone asks that. That does stand out, doesn't it? Um, You kind of had to know. Yeah, right. You have to go there first (laughs) for sure. Um, A shaman is a healing practice. It's an indigenous, ancient healing practice that um, I have been practicing now for probably close to 15 years. See about 200 shaman clients a year. And so they come for all kinds of things, for physical ailments, for emotional help, for relational, you know, disturbances or conflicts or dynamics that aren't working for them, for spiritual and energetic support. And so the shaman believes that as you move through life, heavy energy and shadow gets caught in your system, and then you manifest all the bad things that are happening in your life from sort of the trauma that you've experienced, your own unique version of trauma that you've experienced in your life. And then you manifest it over and over again in, in your life in different ways. And so you, ha- you go to a shaman to have the shadow taken out so that your life will run more cleanly, more clearly, track along a higher path. I think most people come to me, probably the predominant reason is they say, I feel stuck. Like somehow I'm stuck in my life. And maybe they don't even have words beyond that. I am so glad you are on <laughs> the U-Turns <laughs> podcast because stuckness is really— this, yeah, is, this, is, this is what we're here to talk about. Um, so what attracted you to it, to the practice of shamanism? Oh, yeah. I was listening to some of your previous shows, and I thought, oh, yeah, this is, this is how I got into shamanism, like U-turn. Um, you know, I did not intend to be a shaman, but I do I have always been able to see what we call see, uh, what we call see energy or see into the spirit world or however. I come from a family that sees. And so, but but pretty much the guidance I got as a young person is just ignore those things, you know. I mean, everyone sees sort of, you know, you can see, oh, you walk into a room and there's tension and you can feel it, you know, or no one has to tell you. Or, you know, so sometimes what, people say when someone's died, you could feel them in the room or stuff stuff like that. That's what we refer what to What would you seeing. see beyond just sort of the everyday sensing of tension or reading of a room? Like what kinds of well, things like would you Well, like when I was sense? a kid, I could see spirits in houses or, you know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, there's things that get caught in your system and you can see, you know, some people can see it. Actually, I believe everyone can see if they just worked at it. They could see. Everyone could. Hmm. Um, you know, the more you develop your sight, the more you'll see. And so you can see stuff around people's bodies. You can see stuff that's happening between people. You can see things inside rooms, stuck energy, um, yeah. How do you train to? Yeah, so open that's your the site. hardest part, right? So then, um, you know, I had this moment in my life when I went to a shaman when I was had my kids were little, and and she sort of noticed I could see all these things, and she put, you know, she gave me one. She gave were me a shaman. You, did treatment. you feel? Were you feeling yeah. a sense of stuckness? Is that what yeah. made you want to go see her? 
Yeah, it's been like a long time now. I can't quite remember what the exact <laughs> reason was. I think it was that I was— But you had little children, so yeah, perhaps you were so exhausted. <laughs> and I was probably a little overwhelmed. Um, and I went—no, um, actually, now that I think about it, maybe I went because my dad died. I think that's why I went. Okay. And she did this treatment to me that changed my life. I mean, everything came crumbling down, kind of like if my life was a vase, she smashed it on the ground and <laughs> had to do a you know, 180 there. Um, but she also could tell I could see. And so she won, She really, with a foot in my back, pushed me into training to be a shaman. And I, w- I went very reluctantly at first because I was already a mediator. I had little kids. I had a big life. I didn't want to do that. And, you know, it took me a few times of going to the desert and sitting. And I had a little baby even at the time, and I, um, I didn't want to do it. But somewhere along, like, two or three trainings in, I was like, okay, I got it. I got to do this. It's calling me. Mm-hmm. And so I did. What does a session entail? A shaman session? Yeah. Yeah, for me, it, for me, and every shaman's different. So if you go to a different shaman, you're going to get their medicine, what we call their medicine. And so their sort of unique combination of what they see and what, you know, what they're able to do. Um, for me, I have people sit and spend an hour walking me through their whole life answering this one question, which is, what's been hard on you? Like, I want you to sort of highlight the things that have really rocked your world that have been really hard on you that might still be stuck in your system. And then I'll watch passively to just see where you're holding it in your the energy around your body. And then after that, I have you lay on a bench and I use my hands and some of my other things and I take it out. Hmm. And then that's kind of it. I mean, I put in light, send people on their way. And then it's not uncommon to feel worse after a shaman treatment than better. Or how long. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> how long. I mean, like I said, my life was like a vase that smashed on the ground. Um, but, you know, some people skip out of there and they're fine. And other people spend a few weeks recovering from a shaman session. Um, and yet it changes you, yeah. Well, since you brought up the vase that smashed on the ground, um, I, I do want to get back to just sort of how how shamanism works because I— I am so curious about this. What happened? I mean, what what was what was the fallout that was so dramatic in your life? Um, well, I was I was married with little kids, and it was interesting at the time. She said she saw a hand choking my neck, mm-hmm. and then you know did whatever she did to pull it off, and I cried for a week afterwards. Uh, I mean, and I wasn't a crier. I still am not really a crier, but at that time I couldn't believe how much I was crying, and then. Probably a week later, I found my voice. <laughs> so I started saying things I have never said before, you know, and really kind of exerting myself in ways I hadn't before um, in my marriage, in my work. And and um, I left my work. My marriage fell apart. Um, I study, started studying to be a shaman. You know, I just, I got, I eventually got called to do this um, child sexual abuse work and started on this journey that has taken me to founding this organization, Hidden Water. And, you know, I left my home. I had to sell my house. You know, I mean, there was so many things that sort of I tie back to that moment because once I had my voice, my whole life was going to inevitably change. And it did, yeah. If there are people listening who need some dramatic change in their lives, maybe not throwing it on the floor, (laughs) having everything blow up, um, but they can't actually... It's not easy to find a shaman, you know, in Peoria. Um, are there techniques that you would recommend that could help them energetically shift the way that it would be better with a shaman, but they could utilize? Because you said we all have this sight, this mm-hmm. this ability that 
is dormant. Is there something that you could recommend to people listening that could help them shift their energy? Um, well, there's one, one thing I just want to say about shamanism is that you can do it remotely. So you can do it on the phone. Oh, so people okay. don't have to be limited by wherever they're located. There's lots of shaman that will do it that way. You know, and not, and just the caution is not all shaman are good at it. You know, that lots of people could be shaman, but aren't, you know, you got to find somebody that really resonates for you. So I always tell people, if you feel called to working with that person, but only then, don't get pushed into it or don't do it because you think you should. Do it because it feels resonant. You know, to me, there's all kinds of things you can do to heal, you know, that you can meditate, you can do yoga, you can have a prayer practice, you can journal. I mean, there's a, you know, we all know a lot of those techniques. And I think you go to a shaman when you have tried it all and you can't get that thing unstuck. And, you know, one of the people who trained me used to say, you can't be your own shaman, you know, because that whole point is you have someone else looking for you because your view is distorted. And so I don't recommend people get a lot of shaman work. You know, it's one of those things you do occasionally to, like, really pull out the stops um, when you're stuck. Great. When we come back, we're going to talk more about conflict resolution. Okay. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We've been chatting with Elizabeth Clements. Um, we were talking about shamanism, but you mentioned hidden water. Can we talk more about that? Yeah, definitely. So when I was a mediator in the Community Mediation Center, you know, now 20 years ago probably, I had this case that came to me. And for those of you who don't know what community mediation is, it's just 
and the courts will send cases to the community mediation center. And all you know about it going in is like their names. And so I went in and I got this case and it was a, a, a 12-year-old girl and a foster mother against the biological mother, the mother. And basically what it came down to, I walked into this case and the daughter said, I want to see my brother who presumably stayed living with the mother. And the foster parent explained that the daughter had been taken away from her mother at nine because the the boyfriend was sexually abusing her. And when I looked at the mom, she said, oh, she, he wasn't, she was seducing my boyfriend. And I was like shocked. I couldn't believe it. I was like, God, this little girl. what? Yeah. Um, you know, the foster parent and the 12-year-old had heard this before, but I had never heard this before. And so I was just beside myself. And I said, there is no nine-year-old girl who ever seduced an adult man, ever. So let's stop talking about that. You know, not a great mediator move, by the way, but it was all <laughs> I, think I could totally come understandable. up with. totally yeah, understandable. Yes. all I could come up with at that time. You know, I've told that story a lot, um, and, you know, not with a lot of compassion for the mom, and I, I tell it now with a lot more compassion for the mom. But I proceeded to, as a mediator, get case after case after case. They just, like, found me. Even when I went into private practice and away from the community mediation center, I'd get these cases where there would be an adult child of, sec- you know, adult, but a, a victim of child sexual abuse, and then against the non-offending parent. And I would just get these cases all the time. And every time I went into them, it would just get worse because the dog— Back the, up for one second. Yeah. Against the non-offending parent. Can you explain what, what that is? Yeah, so like an adult who had been harmed as a child wanted to have a mediation with their mother most of the time, right? I Mostly see. it was the mother. And it wasn't that the mother harmed the them. The mother was not the abuser. Exactly. But they felt somehow that the mother could or should have protected them. Exactly. And that's why they needed to get clear with this person. Right. They okay. wanted to have this conversation that they have probably tried to have a million times and could never have a satisfying conversation. Got it. And then we go in and they the hope was that with a mediator, you know, the person would feel heard or seen. or, But the non-offending parent would always deny it, deflect it, minimize it, tell them to get over it, time to forgive, move on with your life, you know, whatever, all these things, blame them. And it just got worse and worse. You know, every time I did it, I'm, I got to the point where I was like, I will not do that case. But I set out on this mission to sort of figure out, and this is kind of um, in line with my life changing, uh, to figure out what is an intervention. Like, what would be the intervention since there is just seemingly countless families out there that want to have this conversation, but they can't have it in a way that doesn't just do more harm. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a long time, but I figured it out. And that's like the magic of Hidden Water is that we figured out how to help those families have this conversation, sometimes decades after the abuse has happened. Is it a highly choreographed exercise that you do with them? Well, no, it's it's actually the most simple solution um, imaginable. It's it's not complex, but it is deep. And so we divide the family into four quadrants or four what we call healing circles. So we have a healing circle for, and this is a restorative justice model, healing circle for people who were harmed. And then we have a different one for people who did the harm to the child. We have a different one for what we call non-offending parents or caregivers. And then we have a third, a fourth category of just people who love someone who was harmed or love someone who did the harm, and it impacts their life greatly, even though they weren't one of those other categories. You know, so sp- your spouse was harmed as a child, and that affects your marriage a lot. And so that, you know, that would be what we call 
that person. We call that color blue. So we name them by colors. So we refer to the, those groups as colors so that we get away from words like perpetrator and victim and all those things, survivor. And then we realize that the impact is not just to, you know, when you listen to people who have been harmed, they mostly talk about they have to hold the whole weight of the event on them. And everyone else is just waiting for them to get over it and get, you know, forgive and move on and stuff. And the weight, it's just too much. And so we actually transfer the weight of the healing onto the other people to do their work so that we think of it as a family that was harmed, not a person. And in this way, the, the weight comes off the person who was harmed. The family takes up some of the responsibility for it, and, um, and, it's, and it starts to heal. And it's, and it's kind of an incredible why I was late today <laughs> uh, working on a case for Hidden Water and, yeah. you know, having these conversations with family systems where there's a lot of support. Does um, it, does it yeah. require that the abuser play a part? Nope. We, we'll take, you know, a lot of people come to Hidden Water individually and then when they go through one healing circle, maybe their sister or their spouse goes through, and then maybe a cousin goes through, and then maybe finally we get the non-offending parent to come. And, you know, little by little, you know, a lot of people have never had a family member ever come, but it doesn't matter. They're going through the healing circles with the people that are have a like experience to the one they have. Um, and then we even do—and so then we eventually take them and put them in what we think of as a family system circle. So, And are, you, these, are these people who come in basically surrogates? for, say, the non-offending parent or the abuser? Or are they real actors in... Oh, no. They're, so we have two different types of fam- what we think family circle or multicolored circle. So the family circle is when the actual family members sit down. But, but it doesn't require that the offender there, because sometimes the offender uh, is dead. You know, yeah. sometimes they're in jail. Sometimes yeah. they won't come. It's just whoever would be willing to sit and have this conversation. We think... You know, you heal with others. And so it doesn't really matter who in the family shows up, but others show up, it starts to heal. Or we have the Hidden Water family. So you might sit in a circle with, you know, someone who's harmed, someone who is a non-offending parent, someone who is a spouse of someone who's harmed, and you were harmed. Those aren't your family members, but they're holding those places because that happened in their family too. What does resolution look like when after you've had this these conversations? Um, among these people. Yeah, so we think of it more like grief. You know, it's really about being witnessed in what you experienced mm-hmm. and not trying not to have anyone talk you out of it. So if you've been harmed, you need to, the, the path to healing, according to restorative justice theory, is to um, express how you've been harmed. So acknowledging the impact of the harm on you which is hard for people who've been harmed because they often minimize it themselves and deny it and push it away in all kinds of ways um, and get well, angry. Well, okayness and their functioning in the world has right, probably been coping. predicated on, yeah. see, I'm okay, see, I'm okay, I'm fine. And yeah. Right, so it's a, they, they have, have to be all kinds to... of coping mechanisms, right? We don't, we don't really even look down on people who deny, deflect, minimize, justify, blame the victim because it is a coping mechanism whether you did the harm or you were harmed, right? But, you know, the path to healing requires that you step into um, acknowledging the impact on you and getting angry, actually. And you're not really going to reach your way into letting go of it or, or letting it dissipate out of your system until you first stop on acknowledge the impact. Then slowly and little by little, it'll, you'll stop identifying with that event so strongly. The more, more like, powerful, you know, part of this is that 
you know, how you have harmed. Um, taking responsibility for the impact of your behavior on the family system. We, you know, and feeling remorse. This is how we heal from being, from harming others. And, you know, I've begun to talk about this a lot and say, this is the path of the perpetrator, and the perpetrator is all of us. Like, we all do things to harm the people around us in many, many ways, and yet we don't take responsibility. We immediately deny it. It's really interesting that you start talking about this. We did a podcast with Zainab Salbi. I don't know if you know her, but she's an amazing uh, activist and uh, founder of Women for Women International. And she has a new book, which is called Freedom is an in- Inside Job. And really what she's talking about is liberating yourself and, and enabling yourself to move forward in your life, in part by acknowledging um, your own shame, the things that you've done in your life, that you regret, the ways that you've hurt people. And I, you know, to, to me, Zainab is kind of a saintly person, but on the podcast, it was so fascinating to hear her confront uh, her her own things that she feels are really serious transgressions in her life and then talk about how f- freeing it was to do Yeah, that. and I actually think your whole program, when I think about the premise, is sort of can you stand up and admit that you too have done things that have harmed the world around you and sort of be real about it? Because until you can do that, it just creates more and more harm. Because if you think deny, deflect, minimize, justify, and blame others is our go-to mechanism to get away from the shame of having harmed someone, the antidote to that is to take responsibility and sort of own out loud what you've done to hurt people and feel remorse, like feel it with them. And then and only then can you step into making amends and asking for forgiveness and apologizing. Um, Many people try to apologize without stopping on remorse and, you know, accountability, and then it doesn't land. So, you know, people, okay, I'm sorry. You know, it doesn't work. Yep. When we come back, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into this topic. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We've been chatting with Elizabeth Clemens, uh, the renowned mediator, educator, coach, and shaman. And we were talking about the process that you use in Hidden Water for dealing with sexual abuse, childhood, child sexual abuse. Child sexual abuse. And I'm wondering, is this a process that we could use in families where there's not so much overt trauma, but there's just, as you said, we're always hurting people unconsciously all the time. Would, would you recommend this for just a regular old family where you just yell at each other and and, 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 <laughs> and there's and, some yeah. shit that's buried and yeah, you know, it's, it's but nothing upsetting. overtly traumatic. But you know, I, I I always kid my children. It's like even perfect parents screw up their kids. So yeah. <laughs> right. can we use that process Absolutely. in regular families? Absolutely. We um we call it that that process is called circle, and so it has some rules which are you can only speak when you're holding the talking piece and the talking piece moves in one direction, you have a right to pass. And when it comes to you, you can only speak of your own experiences. I do it with my kids, and my kids refer to it as a hate circle. Um, we need a hate circle. <laughs> and so a hate circle to my children means we get to sit down and say why we're mad. And so I'm like, I'm totally happy to do it, but we have to do it in circle. And when it comes to you and you're speaking to your own experience, you have to only use I statements. You know, when you did this, I felt X, Y, Z, you know. And so it clears the air like I cannot tell you. It's amazing. Um, when did you start doing this with your kids? How old were they? Yeah, little. I started, well, we used, I used to put them to bed in circle. And so they get in their beds and they all had one room. They're all in the same room. And you know, each person got to ask a question. My daughter, you know, my kids would be like, okay, my question that the whole group has to answer is, <laughs> if you were a unicorn, what would you poop? You know, like that. <laughs> and so, you know, it starts off fun. You can use it for fun things. No, that's profound, Elizabeth. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> profound. Unicorn. Yeah, well, it depends really on what the answer is, right? <laughs> um, but the, you know, then the kids got very used to liking it. You know, it became a safe place for them. And so then when we had to have the hate circle, we were, it was in our bones. You know, we knew how to function in circles. So um, that has been a fantastic tool in my family. Do you do it just with your spouse too? Can you do it one-on-one? -on -one? Does it have to be like a group? You can if you, uh, you know, if you just adhere to the rules. Like when you have the talking piece, you can speak uninterrupted for as long as you want. And then when you're done speaking, you pass it. And and then you ha can't speak again, and so it's, what does the talking piece look like in your house? What is it? <laughs> Anything I can get my hands on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it can be a coffee cup. Yeah, you only get to talk once. Ball. No, you can go around as many times as you want. Okay. But the but the ancient wisdom in this healing practice and this healing practice very ancient is that you do not speak unless you're holding the talking piece. And so and you know if you have to cover your mouth to keep yourself from interrupting and saying something because someone just said something maddening to you. You do it. And, can you um, take notes so you can rebut everything they've said? <laughs> you can. I mean, you can make different ground rules around it, but it is a powerful tool. And 
when I met the person who taught it to me, I had already tried like four or five different mechan- you know, mechanisms to deal with these hidden water cases. I would hire actors and bring these actors in, give them a role, and then I would try these interventions on them, and they would cry and yell and scream and say they're going to the police and they hate me. And it was like terrible. <laughs> Thank God they were just actors. Um, but when I met this woman, Kay Pranis, who is a world-renowned circle keeper, you know, had already talked to so many people looking for a solution to my problem, you know, the problem I was trying to find a solution for. And when I met her, I was like rolling my eyes because I just didn't want to tell this whole story. I already knew more than everyone I knew. And so I didn't want to tell this whole story of how complex these families are. I, I, I told her in like three minutes, she said, you know what your problem is? I was like, what? She's like, she told me the answer and I immediately knew it. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. You know, it was like finding gold. Um, and basically she said, you got to use circle and you got to stack the deck. And that wasn't part of your conflict resolution practice no, previously. I had tried other restorative justice practices, but not circle. And mm. when she explained it to me, and I didn't know circle at that time, she, I suddenly saw like, this will solve my problem. Like this will solve the problem that we're having in these family systems. So yeah, it was amazing. So, you know, we deal with, you know, both the dramatic and the more garden variety U-turns in life. Do you feel like often there is something, some kind of core conflict that derails us or keeps us from making the U-turns we want to make? I just, you know, it seemed to me we really wanted to talk to you because I think we sensed that, that, that conflict res- resolution could unlock a lot of progress for people if they engaged in it deliberately. Yeah, probably. I mean, I often think that the problem for folks is that they have these two ways of thinking. They have their brain that's trying to keep them safe, and their fight or flight goes off, and it tells them not to take risks and stay doing what, you know, imagines all the possible things that could go wrong if you made a change. And so that's like one path. And then there's your consciousness, which is sort of your soul's journey, which is telling you exactly the opposite, which is like jump off the cliff, take risks, (laughs) like go through the doors that are open, like don't worry about it, it doesn't have to make sense, you know. And so these two things inside of us all the time, one's trying to take us toward evolution and spiritual unfolding and the other's trying to keep us safe and make sure we don't mess up majorly and end up homeless on the street both honorable paths, you know, both honorable agendas. Um, and I think when people are stuck, it's because they've gotten too much into safety. You know, they've, 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 their path is trying to unfold elsewhere, but they're scared. And so they're, like, doubling down on it. I think when you talk about conflict, like, conflict gets caught in your system, and really conflict is an amazing tool to open up something you've never opened up. It'll blow walls down and you will have things open that you couldn't imagine if you would walk through the fire of conflict. But people are so afraid, they run towards safety. And, you know, safety often looks like defending against it or telling someone they're wrong or ending the relationship because you confronted me or storming off or Um, fighting back or blaming people, you know, uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse is to blame, (laughs) contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. You know, those are the things that are ruining, you know, like you're getting smaller. Where if you'll walk through the fire of conflict, like the thing on the other side is something you couldn't even imagine. It sounds like we need this talking stick inside of ourselves. (laughs) Like we need when 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 that protecting ourselves side is done with all of its defenses and Mm -hmm. 
with the four apocalyptic horsemen <laughs> that you're talking about, then it's time for our unconscious, I guess, to get to hold it and articulate what agency. we actually need. Yeah, like yeah. if you can get less afraid in conflict, you will see things. Yeah, you'll step into a place that you couldn't imagine. But you're right that you kind of have to own this is scary. I'm afraid this relationship will end or I'm afraid I'll get fired or I'm afraid, you know, you'll never talk to me again or or probably more likely it's hitting on old triggers that you're not even conscious of and you're just getting so triggered by whatever's happening. But, you know, dare to move through it is a, is, is something not for the faint of heart. Right? But I think the way that you're articulating conflict is not how most of us see it because a lot of us see the really pugnacious, aggressive, ready for a fight part of ourselves or of the people around us as the only way that we experience conflict. And I don't think that's what you're talking about. Well, I'm, I'm actually saying cultivate the path of the perpetrator internally, which is if, you know, you will catch someone really off guard, you'll catch yourself off guard. If when someone's mad at you about something, you say, okay, let me see how, let me stop and notice how I impacted you negatively. It doesn't mean I meant to. It doesn't mean that that's what would happen to me if if I had done, if you had done the reverse to me. But it doesn't really matter. In, intention is not impact. Mm. And so to stop and just notice impact and own it that this is the impact of your behavior on someone will completely diffuse any conflict. You know, for most conflicts, you'll see it go away. Not go away, but, yeah. but people will disarm. And then they will say, okay, I can see the impact of my behavior on you now. Don't be afraid of the conflict. Lean into it and just say, oh, wow, what do you have to teach me that I didn't see before? What can, you know, what was the impact? Let me, you know, I'm not, a, I don't have to crumble internally as a person just because I hurt you. You know, I can hold deep remorse in appropriate measure to what I've done and also hold my core. You know, it's one of the powerful things that I've learned in Hidden Water is we have these men who have harmed children, even gone to jail for it, come out of jail and want to be in part of Hidden Water. They're the only person in their family system in it, and they want to make amends. And they don't know who to make amends to because the person they harmed, they can't talk to. Um, and so they come, and it's incredible to watch these people who have harmed children, maybe arguably the most heinous crime on our planet. Yeah, no one's going to argue that yeah, one here. And they're, and they're still human. You know, they're still honorable people, like— who deserve to have their humanity acknowledged, and they will step so deeply into remorse about what they've done, and you don't have to take care of them. Like, the way they're expressing it isn't like, can you please, like, forgive me so I can get over it? They're just doing their work, um, and, ha and we're holding their remorse with them. And you can't imagine all the people who have been harmed as children and how they heal watching these guys do this. It's incredible. They're not asking for anything back. They're just stepping in. And, you know, when you think about the way people treat child sexual abuse these days, it's like har people who have been harmed are damaged for life, you know, and people who did the harm should just be thrown away, you know, thrown in jail and lock away the key. And really the truth is, like, it's far more complex, especially when the person that harmed is in the family. And so— or the kid who, you know, 50% of children who are harmed are harmed by other children. And so, yeah. you know, you're looking at a 12-year-old or a 15-year-old yeah. who harmed a 9-year-old. Not, I'm not minimizing. It's a terrible thing. And yet we're going to throw the 15-year-old away forever. 
um, you know, those kids that harm as children most likely don't go on to harm again, even without any intervention of any kind. And so, you know, looking and giving people a chance to express how they've been harmed without moving away from it. You know, you, you can extrapolate that to so many things going on in the world right now. You have a new project that addresses a lot of the Me Too issues in the workplace. It's called Leadership 12. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, a friend of mine, um, James Cornblue, came to me. He's a longtime mediator, as I am. I knew him back in the community mediation days. Um, and he came to me a few um, year or two ago saying, we have to do something for the Me Too movement. And he had been working in corporations as a mediator and conflict resolver um, for a decade and a half, maybe. And because of my work with Hidden Water, he thought, let's team up. You know how to heal from having harmed through sexual, you know, uh, violence and aggression. And I have been working in culture shifts and conflicts in corporate settings. So we teamed up and came up with an intervention for Me Too issues when they come up in the workplace um, because it isn't just the incident, but it's all the harm that gets done throughout the whole system um, afterwards. So he and I are working hard on, you know, going into systems and both helping establish a different culture so that Me Too issues don't have don't happen. And then also when tension is brewing, which is brewing a long time usually, um, before some major crisis happens, going in and re-educating and having, you know, having conversations about, about um, gender dynamics in the workplace, basically. And then even when a crisis happens, you know, we're mediators and we know these, you know, how to intervene in those cases. So that's our, that's a very new project for me, but it's an interesting one. We already have tons of people calling us about it. Um, but it's just a go-to place when uh, something happens, you need some experts. Are you using circles in that situation yeah. as well? Yeah, we're using a combination of coaching, mediation, and circle. Wow. Well, it's certainly given us tons to think about. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here today. You're so welcome. Yes, thank you so much. And for our listeners to um, connect and hear more about Hidden Water, uh, go to hiddenwatercircle.org. Um, you can also make a donation there. Um, thanks, Elizabeth, so much. Um, and also, always thanks to Alicia Haywood, our producer. And reach out to us at U-Turns Podcast. Please rate and review if you haven't done so already. See you next time. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm late. I'm late. For a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.